I have a dream. I had the best words. Not for the best. World, world, world war three. Not for the best. Under the doctrine of multiculturalism. Go back where you came from. Not for the best. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards nuclear holocaust. Retreat from the world. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Retreat from the world. Those who forget history are going to pee fine. Alternative facts. That is no such thing. The bang. I am becoming the despair of worlds. Retreat from the world. Hello and welcome to Not With A Bang. I'm Pat McCaffrey and with me this week are Lance Turnbull. That's me. And Matt Young. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, well, uh, after the shock UK election result, Professor Matthew Goodwin ate his book after confidently predicting that Labor wouldn't poll more than 38% under Jeremy Corbyn. Big deal. And Not With A Bang, we've been eating news and shitting out podcasts like it's nobody's business. But, like Matthew Goodwin, one thing we've also been doing is making confident predictions about the UK election, assuming there would be absolutely no consequences because we'd never be wrong. Well, we weren't quite wrong, but we were about as close to being wrong as Theresa May herself was when she said to her colleagues, relax guys, we're going to romp home. This is like David and Goliath. No, I don't think I need to read to the end of the story to understand its key message. No, the message is, we're Goliath and we're going to smush David right into the pavement and then cut funding from the essential health services that might otherwise have been able to prevent his injuries from being fatal. Lance, anything to say about our disastrous UK election predictions? Well, firstly, I think that David and Goliath story is is an inspiring one. Um, I would like to note that we are recording uh, outside in a university in the middle of the city. And so if you hear anything strange, it's that. Under scrutiny from security guards. Yeah. On the run. Renegades. Yeah. Could I just ask, did uh, Theresa May literally say, we're going to romp it in? No. No. That's cool. I was not inside the Conservative Party room just taking notes. That was, yeah. <laughs> I thought it might have been her like big platform, that, like she was going, <laughs> we're going to romp it in. I was like, I would vote for you. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And, and if, if, if Malcolm Turnbull right now came out and said, I'm going to smush Bill Shorten into the pavement and then make sure he gets no treatment. I don't know, maybe his vote would go up. It would be the most ballsy thing Turnbull's ever done. To Australia now. The land of the fair go. The birthplace of mateship and therefore the concept of friendship itself. A place where ending every sentence like you're asking a question is not mandatory but is certainly encouraged. (laughs) And the home of the overwhelming public support for imprisoning refugees in remote island internment camps where they are subjected to neglect and abuse both psychological and physical for indefinite periods of time. It's difficult to maintain the rage around the government's continuing Amnesty International confirmed torture of refugees in and around this country. It's just been going on for years and years. Both major political parties are committed to continuing it and the Australian media don't cover it that heavily, in part because journalists aren't allowed access to the centres at all and in part because Australians are much more concerned with what's happening on up to three competitive cooking TV shows simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, you talk about Amnesty International, though, but they've got an incentive, really, to say things are bad. Who's going to give money to Amnesty International if they come out and say, yeah, the refugee situation's absolutely fine? We did it. Yeah. (laughs) We've won. Yeah. Time to close up. Yeah. Stop sending us money, please. (laughs) But one story shone through the blackened fog of our general disinterest last week when we learned that the government will pay potentially over $100 million in a settlement to a lawsuit brought on behalf of nearly 2,000 people detained in the Australian-run refugee gulag on Manus Island, Papua New Guinea. 
The lawsuit pertained to negligence, including medical negligence, which led to the death of a man from a foot infection a few years ago, and unlawful detention, both because the detainees have not been charged with any crimes, and also because the PNG Supreme Court ruled that the centre was illegal in April of last year, but it's still open for some reason, oh well. (laughs) The trial would have been broadcast live online, partially due to public interest, but also because most of the plaintiffs are still being detained in Manus Island. So I'm torn about the settlement. On one hand, it's always nice to be spared having to listen to Immigration Minister Peter Dutton face the media with more of his Sean Spicer-esque double talk and lies, but I do feel that the Australian people were denied a broadcast event not unlike the reported James Comey testimony parties from a few weeks back. Except a bit unlike those because it would be even less exciting and everyone would be more drunk generally. Yeah, I think drinking would be much more necessary in that particular... <laughs> what, what are they saying now? Oh, God, he didn't get adequate medical care and he's been separated from his family for two years. Oh, get, don't give me a drink. Just give me the bottle. I just say <laughs> the whole bottle. I'm drinking to forget. <laughs> the settlement was reached on the grounds that the government could deny, quote, any and all liability for the mistreatment and false imprisonment of people on Manus Island. Which makes sense. I mean, why should you be liable for doing things that you objectively and empirically actually definitely did when you could just not work for Bill Cosby? (laughs) Horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, that's that's an interesting point there because I can't remember exactly how the jury was split in the Bill Cosby thing. But I reckon if Australia was represented by 12 jurors... (laughs) more people would have supported Bill Cosby (laughs) based on how much we support the offshore processing of asylum seekers. Yeah. Quote, An anticipated six-month legal battle for this case would have cost tens of millions of dollars in legal fees alone with an unknown outcome. In such circumstances, a settlement was considered a prudent outcome for Australian taxpayers, said aforementioned Immigration Minister Peter Dutton, dopely, and in the exacting manner of a big dumb idiot he smells. (laughs) Get him, Lance. (laughs) (laughs) But what does Tony Abbott, former Prime Minister and current parliamentary equivalent to the Old Testament, in that his moral judgments are both highly antiquated and largely ignored, have to say about all of this? Asked no one. We've got a judiciary that takes the side of the so-called victim rather than the side of common sense, said Tony, bravely standing up to the politically correct judiciary that had nothing to do with this outcome because his government just paid a large settlement to prevent that case being discussed. Peter Dutton also had some words for Slater and Gordon, the law firm bringing the case. To this day, Slater and Gordon is a significant Labor donor. So let's talk about the Labor Party, who Dutton is trying desperately to wedge on this issue. We've had four years of Conservative government in Australia, so now the Labor Party think they can run this line that they're actually the compassionate ones, that they've only ever intended to have refugees processed in our offshore hellholes, that they'd have only been there for a short while, a holiday, and then they'd have been moved along swiftly to the magical third-party country that they would have magically found magically faster than the government magically didn't. And we can all ignore the fact that it was a Labor government who started up offshore processing again, that it was Labor who ran election ads in 2013 promising voters that no asylum seekers would ever be settled in Australia, that it was Labor who were tripping over themselves to endorse the government's policy of boat turnbacks only a couple of years ago. You know, that thing where a secret paramilitary operation which is actually in real life and not just in a Family Guy parody of 80s cartoons called the Australian Border Force intercept (laughs) boats of refugees and send them back into the yawning sea from whence they came. And then don't follow up on whether or not those people just went and died somewhere else. My point is, Labor can kiss my piss. I love that. I love that Abbott quote where he's like, "The judiciary has concern for these victims. Fuck victims. They've had it too good for too long." <laughs> and my other point is, this isn't a victory. The government are already spending almost half a million dollars per person per year for the two thousand odd prisoners we lock up in squalor. They can just add this to the tab. 
You think you're mad, Lance. I've got a story from New Jersey about a proposed ban on intentionally releasing helium-filled balloons into the sky. They're planning to introduce a $500 fine for violating the rule, which is great because it means children who lose their grasp on their inflatable door of the Explorer or whatever don't just have to deal with the loss of their toy. They also get to experience the joy of debt and a criminal record. <laughs> And I don't want anyone going soft on kids either. I no. want the cops pinning down little Alice. Step on them. <laughs> <laughs> the ban will mean, uh, they'll have a lot of consequences from the ban. The ban will mean way fewer people will let go of their helium balloons, obviously, but there will be a massive upswing in the use of funny squeaky voices. So I think that's a boon for the entire planet. Um, all the criticism against the balloons comes from environmentalists and energy companies. The energy companies are saying power lines can uh, cause outages when they're struck by the balloons, while the environmentalists are saying balloons are a danger to sea life and birds and hundreds of other animals that just don't share humanity's party spirit. I just never thought I'd live to see the day where you could read a news story that said, critics of helium balloons. <laughs> <laughs> People like are passionate about helium balloons, man. I've seen a lot of online advocacy for a similar ban in Australia, mostly by animal rights activists who post photos of dead turtles' stomachs filled with chunks of brightly coloured plastic that looks like it may have once resembled Peppa Pig. And I'm personally all for the ban, but not everyone is on board, though. Not everyone uh, supports the ban because the proposed balloon regulations have angered New Jersey's Balloon Council. <laughs> Their Balloon Council. Sorry, just... Balloon Council. <laughs> their, their Council for Balloon Rights. Yes, yes. <laughs> who, the is the, who is the Grand Elder of the Balloon I'm not council. entirely sure. Okay. These, are, these are people who dedicate their time and money to ensure that inanimate plastic spheroids are treated fairly and kindly. The, the Balloon Council are a lobbying group who, in the past five years, have spent over $1 million lobbying against balloon regulations. I don't know how many <laughs> balloon regulations there have been that have come up, but... All I know is I'd love to get a seat on that council, but it's going to be tough taking the top spots away from the Wizard of Oz, Danny Deck Chair, and the old guy from Up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what all the different balloon kerfuffles they must be having. Yeah, presumably some of the regulations are about, like, not making, like, balloon Hitlers, I imagine. <laughs> like, there would be rules about what you can and can't make out of balloons. I mean... Yeah, uh, the, the Balloon Council do have a point, though. They've come out with a very firm argument. Dan Florio, the lawyer representing the group, has come out on firm ground. Oh, so they can, they can pay money for lawyers. They've got lawyers. <laughs> They've got lawyers. Dan Florio, when questioned about the ban, he came out and he said, well, it creates a negative narrative about balloons, which is unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your understanding of the narrative of balloons? <laughs> uh, look, I, they're sort of fun. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> I think they've got enough of a positive narrative that they can maybe hack a bit of negative narrative. <laughs> well, seemingly the negative is that turtles eat them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Although, when you said turtles are eating balloons that look like Peppa Pig, are environmentalists worried that turtles are eating meat? Is that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're concerned yeah. about the food chain yeah. more than anything yeah. else. Yeah. The, but, like, it's... This Dan Florio guy, he's a real-life person who's alive in this world right now who has been hired to ensure that party merchandise isn't the victim of slander. That is his job. He, and... Let's look at the narrative about balloons, Dan Florio. Let's look at Balloon Fest 86, where Cleveland, Ohio, released 1.5 million balloons into the atmosphere as a charity fundraising stunt. Let's take a look at Balloon Fest 86. We'll take a look at their Wikipedia page. Let's have a look at the section that says outcome. <laughs> the outcome. They received the world record for simultaneous release of balloons and two people dead. <laughs> oh my god And Balloon Fest Well that uh, took a turn Yeah it took a turn I, like, I'd say balloons have already done their dash was, the Balloons have killed We found out balloons No sorry balloons did not kill Danny Dex <laughs> <laughs> Please google that <laughs> Neither of these stories are uplifting You no. lied Matt Young <laughs>
Not quite as uplifting as you thought helium balloons would be. <laughs> Terrible. I just can't believe that the band didn't exist to begin with. You know, I don't see how releasing a balloon into the air is any different to throwing an empty Coke bottle on the ground. I didn't realise that the definition of littering relied so heavily on gravity. And I don't get why the Balloon Council isn't for it either. Balloons, look, balloons are ephemeral things. Balloons, uh, they're here one day and they're gone the next. Balloons are beautiful things, as I'm sure the Balloon Council would agree. Surely, the Balloon Council would value a measure that requires balloon users worldwide to hold on to the brief time they have with their special little inflatable. You know, a measure that means that they should cherish their balloons, that teaches kids balloons are for life. Balloons aren't just for birthdays, in much the same way that kittens are not just for Christmas. (laughs) I just have one overwhelming question. Please. Are the members of the Balloon Council made from balloons? <laughs> the investigation into the Trump campaign's Russian connections has proceeded this week with Attorney General Jeff Sessions testifying before the Senate and declaring that any suggestion he colluded with Russia was an appalling and detestable lie that he would not specifically refute now because Trump might want to use executive privilege to avoid answering those same allegations later, but he totally can refute those allegations. Also, his dad knows Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) And then later in the week, in something of a turn, uh, the investigation took a turn with suggestions that special counsel Robert Mueller is specifically investigating Trump himself. And that's obviously a very serious issue. You know, and as president, you'd want to reassure the American people that this investigation would not interrupt the day-to-day running of the country, but that you would obviously allow the investigation to run its course without interference. And that you're confident it, it will not find you guilty of anything. Or, if you were somehow the antithesis of everything a president should be, you could tweet something ambiguous about you being the subject of an investigation while also slandering the person investigating you for lacking integrity. All class. Because Trump tweeted, quote, I am being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director. Witch hunt. The irony in all this being that the only thing worse for American women than Donald Trump's administration would be an actual honest-to-God wish hunt. (laughs) (laughs) And now there are reports that Trump is yelling at TV sets in the White House that are covering the Russia investigation, which is, on one level, not remotely surprising. But on every other level, it is deeply concerning. Because when you think back through previous presidents, just try and think of one you can imagine acting like a nursing home resident upset at the concept of diversity on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> Why did they replace the attractive blonde girl with someone from Pakistan? It's political correctness gone mad. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that it's newsworthy that he was yelling at I had just assumed that he was going around yelling at TVs. He's a 70-year-old Fox News viewer. Yeah, well, that's why I say not remotely surprising. Still depressing. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear those tapes. I don't give a fuck what yeah, Tony yeah. has or whatever. I just want to hear what Trump yells at the no, news. No, well, apparently Trump records everything. So, th- yeah. you know, that we could see a day. Fingers I, and toes. I suspect he says some very nasty things about women on Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> I suspect he says some very nasty things about women. <laughs> Uh, But now there's been news uh, lately that Donald Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, has hired his own lawyer, which at first glance, (laughs) yeah, at first glance, that looks bad, right? But then when you think about it and look at it again, it's still just as bad. There's no way to sugarcoat this particular ice cream sandwich of shit. Um, And it wasn't immediately clear whether Cohen thought he'd need a lawyer for himself or whether Cohen actually knows nothing about the law and just needed help understanding what was going on. Because when you think about it, that wouldn't be that surprising. Like, Trump tends to appoint people who have no idea what the fuck they're doing, right? Like, Scott Pruitt to head the EPA, despite the fact he wanted to disband it. Uh, And then also, he's nominated Lynn Patton to head the US Department of Housing and Development's work in New York and New Jersey, despite the fact she has no experience whatsoever in managing housing, and her previous experience appears to be that she literally was the event planner for Eric Trump's wedding. 
<laughs> Amazing, oh right? So I would not be surprised if uh, Michael Cohen actually didn't have a law degree. He also uh, consulted during the campaign with one Dr. Oz, who uh, <laughs> did, did, did not... Doctor, we stress, <laughs> Dr. Oz. <laughs> who uh, did not protest when Trump said that he was as fit as a 30-year-old. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um... And what's actually happened uh, is that Cohen has hired a lawyer, turns out, to handle all inquiries about the Russia investigation in which he will have to testify. So Cohen is now referring all questions about that investigation to his lawyer, Stephen Ryan. So obviously when Ryan was asked whether Cohen would comply with the subpoena he was issued about the Russia investigation, Ryan referred those questions to his lawyer, Terence Smith, who then referred any questions about that to his lawyer, Jacob Shaw, and on and on the cycle continues. Uh, and if you're wondering, yes, obviously, I believe that women can be lawyers, just not in the Trump administration. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, if anyone has any questions uh, about uh, anything I've just said, in the spirit of Trump's lawyer appointing a lawyer, you will have to direct those concerns uh, about any of the jokes I've just told to the comedian I've appointed to stand in my place. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, uh, there was news that Vladimir Putin has jokingly offered political asylum to James Comey. Which is funny, isn't it? Right? Yeah, funny uh, joke, Poots. Yeah, Putin offering asylum to a whistleblower who's causing trouble for the government, you know, because <laughs> of, of how Russia treats journalists and dissidents and whistleblowers, how it kills them, yeah. And how, <laughs> how Alexei Navalny, yeah, and his supporters have been attacked and how I, Vladimir Putin, am now joking that I could grant asylum to James Comey. And what, what I mean is I'd grant him the same sort of asylum that activists got under Stalin. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> But the amazing thing about these comments is they were made at Russia's annual bazaar, Vladimir Putin's Drunk on Power AMA session. And it is a bazaar setup. I don't know if you've seen it. Once a year, he hosts a phone-in show where people from all over Russia and the world are allowed to phone in and ask Vladimir Putin questions about basically anything. Sometimes they're political problems, sometimes they're personal problems, and some of the questions sound like awkward icebreakers on a first date, with one person <laughs> asking Vladimir Putin, what era would you visit if you had a time machine? Uh, the hard-hitting questions. Yeah, do you want to guess what his answer was? I want you to tell us. Yeah, well, Stalin's Russia would be the obvious one, but uh, he actually said World War II. Uh, I'm not oh. sure why. Uh, he, he just didn't... wants to relive the glory days. <laughs> yeah, but he also one of one of the questions that was sort of an icebreaker with a distinctly Russian feel. Uh, in that one person asked him, "What's the biggest fish you've ever caught?" <laughs> the answer to that is a twenty kilogram fish. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, sure. with his hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with his bare hands riding a bear. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah and the other questions obviously he got. Uh, there were also icebreakers with a distinctly Russian flavour. Were things like, "My neighbour wants to buy my donkey. How many bags of wheat and sheepskins should I charge them?" When will we have electricity again? I've run out of whale oil to burn. <laughs> and why does it take so long to get a liver transplant in this country? <laughs> it took me two of those to realise you were joking. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's the end of another fun-filled adventure with the Not With The Bang Boys, which is what I call us here. <laughs> Please don't call us anything with Bang Boys in the time. <laughs> We are all working on a television show called yeah. The Leak, which debuts on the 23rd of June. Uh, so, bloody give it a like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, watch the show. It's going to be good. Or my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that, and we'll see you another time. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Pat. Oh, your name's Rhyme. <laughs>